Takeover Salvation. My name is Sal. I am your host. And this is the show where we take a look back at NXT's quintessential pay-per-view, NXT TakeOver. Last time on the show, Sasha and Bailey put women's wrestling in another stratosphere, no pun intended, as NXT had their first takeover in a major arena. Now tonight, unfortunately, we do go back to Full Sail University. The follow-up to NXT Brooklyn, NXT TakeOver Respect. This takeover happened back on October 7th of 2015. Seems like a lifetime ago. We begin with the highlight of TakeOver Brooklyn. Bailey winning the NXT women's title and the crowd losing their shit. We then get a very well done video package showing legends of WWE winning the WWF title. Talking to us about respect. Tonight we pay respect to Dusty Rhodes as the finals of the inaugural Dusty Classic culminate to determine the winners of the Dusty Classic Tag Team Tournament. And tonight, we show respect to the women who earned it last takeover, as Sasha and Bailey are the main event of the evening in a 30-minute Iron Man match for the NXT Women's Championship. Now... Technically, it's an Iron Woman match, but Triple H gave some type of reason that he didn't want to change the match. He wanted this to go down in history as one of the great Iron Man matches. He didn't want, like, to change the name of it. I don't, whatever. We begin with the wide shot of the full sail crowd. Sadly, we still hear the voice of Rich Brennan, who welcomes us to take over. But let's begin tonight with the NXT champion himself, Finn Balor. Match number one, semi-final in the Dusty Rhodes Classic, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe versus The Revival. As Finn makes his way down to the ring, we see Bailey's super fan Izzy sitting in the front row, and she gives Finn a pat on the back. More on Izzy a little later. Joe points at the ridiculously huge dusty classic trophy, and then Rich Brennan introduces us to his colleagues for the evening, Byron Saxton, and the savior of misbehavior, Corey Graves. They are opponents were previously wrestling on house shows under the names The Mechanics. But tonight are simply Dash and Dawson. That's what their lower third says, because nothing screams creative like Dash and Dawson. Joe starts off as a house of fire, but then Dash and Dawson double-team him to slow down the pace. 
Dash and Dawson maintain control for less than a minute before Joe tags in Finn. And then Finn sends them bumping all over the place. However, a vicious shot blocked by Dawson puts the revived team of Dash and Dawson back in control. The not-brainbusters work on Balor's knee and keep him isolated in their corner until Balor makes the hot tag to Joe. Joe comes in, beats up Dash, beats up Dawson, Joe hits Dash with a muscle buster, and then Finn begs to be tagged in. Joe reluctantly does this, and Balor hits the coup de grace for the win. Now, unfortunately, Finn hurt his knee even worse off the impact. What in the world will Finn and Joe be able to do in the final? How will they ever overcome Finn's knee injury? I really have no idea, because in wrestling, if you hurt your knee and you can barely walk, you certainly can't win a championship and or tournament. After the match... Finn struggles to walk on his own, and Joe looks on concerned. We get the bracket graphic showing us that Finn and Joe have advanced to the finals. We go backstage, and we see Sasha getting ready for her main event later on tonight. The legit boss looks legit focused on regaining the NXT Women's Championship. Next up, match number two in our semifinals of the Dusty Tag Team Classic, we have Rhino and Baron Corbin against American Alpha. Holy shit, do I miss American Alpha. And no, that abomination on SmackDown, known as the Alpha Academy, are not even remotely close as a substitute. Kurt Angle's future son dazzles Full Sail with his unmatched athleticism, as Byron reminds us that Jordan didn't even want to team up with Gable, and it took weeks of convincing by Chad Gable to get Jordan to change his mind. I seem to remember a rally towel that said Ready, Willing, and Gable. Speaking of Gable, the former Olympian finds himself on the wrong end of a vicious assault as Corbin throws him into the apron multiple times. And then feeds him back to Rhino. Rhino and Corbin punish Gable and keep him away from his partner until Rhino decides to leap off the top rope and completely miss a diving headbutt. Gable tags in Jordan, who proceeds to suplex everyone. But then Jordan proves he's dumb as a fucking ox because right after this he tags back in Chad Gable, who can barely stand up. Corbin clotheslines Jordan down, hits a deep six on Gable, and actually only gets a two count. Gable fights back, hits a rolling German suplex on Corbin. He covers, but Rhino breaks it up. Jordan tries to help out, but Rhino gores him, and Jordan falls to the outside. Gable comes off the ropes and tries a flipping... Well, a flipping nothing, because he gets caught with the end of days. Corbin and Rhino advance to the finals. Good job, Jason Jordan. Your partner was half dead when he tagged you in, and you just tagged him right back into the match. Uh, post-match, Corbin and Rhino pose on stage with the incredibly large trophy. So our finals are set for the tournament. Our finals are set for later on this evening. 
Samoa Joe and Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin and Rhino. Four singles guys in the inaugural tag team tournament. That's uh, that's some WWE booking right there, folks. But now it's time for the takeover debut of Asuka. Match number three, Asuka versus Dana Brooke. That's right. Just in case you weren't aware, let me remind you that Dana Brooke has been a jobber to the stars for over six years. We get a highlight package showing Asuka's dominance in Japan. Poor, poor Dana. She's about to get stomped out. Dana is accompanied to the ring by Emma, post-bubbles, but pre-bad cop. Asuka comes out as Rich Brennan informs us this is not only Asuka's takeover debut, but also her NXT debut. I was not aware of that. I thought she had a TV match. Asuka starts off with some grapples and wrestles circles around Dana. Shocking, I know. Dana is stupid enough to pat Asuka on the head. She's going to pay for that one. Asuka pushes Dana's hand away, but Dana slaps her across the face. Asuka smiles at this. Full sail then chants, you fucked up, you fucked up, which is exactly what I was thinking. Asuka unleashes a barrage of strikes before knocking Dana down with a hip attack. Asuka mocks Dana, and this makes Dana mad. Dana charges at her, and Asuka effortlessly locks her in an armbar. Asuka then lays in some stiff kicks, and Dana crawls outside the ring. Uh, she tosses Dana back in the ring, and Emma drops Asuka face first on the apron behind the ref's back. Now, Dana's in control. Dana chokes Asuka in the corner, and then drops her with a clothesline. Dana tries to apply a body scissors, but Asuka easily counters this into an ankle lock. Dana struggles and gets up to one foot, while Asuka still has... Her other leg still hooked in the ankle lock. And with Dana's leg trapped behind her, Asuka hits Dana with a German suplex. Nice. Dana once again charges at Asuka because she didn't learn the first time and she gets dropped into an armbar. Dana makes it to the ropes and Asuka breaks the hold. Emma gets on the apron and tries to yell at Asuka, Leave her alone! Asuka easily drops Emma with a spinning back elbow. Then, she hits Dana with a shining wizard. She locks in the cross-faced chicken wing, and Rich Brennan says she calls this the Asuka lock. Asuka applies the body scissors right in the middle of the ring, and Dana Brooke taps out. Asuka is victorious in her NXT debut. Not that there was any doubt, but, you know. Still, it's a it's an important moment in the career of Asuka. Now, honestly, this wasn't a bad showing. Um, I was kind of hoping for a 30-second squash where Asuka just dominates. But, I mean, there will be plenty of time for that, I suppose. We all know that Asuka in NXT um, equals money. So, uh, oh, yes. After the match, Dana tries to attack Asuka during her post-match celebration. And Asuka knocks her out cold with a roundhouse kick. Uh, 
so during the course of this match and the post match, Dana charged at Asuka like four times, and every single time she charged at her, she ended up on the wrong end of her counter. So maybe you'd think she would have learned. But whatever, what can you do? Uh, we go to highlights of Valor and Joe advancing, and surprise, surprise, the focus is on Finn Balor's knee. We even go to the trainer's room, where we see Finn being looked at, and Joe looking concerned. Oh man, this is so, like, it's just so beating you over the head with this, like, okay, trust me, I got it. His knee is quote-unquote hurt. Ugh. We get a Nia Jax vignette and find out she debuts next week. Uh, too bad they didn't just release her. And then we could have avoided so much misery. Speaking of misery, Tyler Breeze is still in NXT. <laughs> uh, match number four, Tyler Breeze versus Apollo Crews. Uh, poor Tyler Breeze. He was already that guy in 2015. They weren't going to put the title on him. He's already been through the title pitcher. And uh, now he's just going to job to the stars, to the next wave of signees. <sighs> poor Tyler Breeze. Well, I mean, again, Tyler Breeze still employed with the company, so I, I say poor Tyler Breeze in jest. You know, he's... Still making money. I'm sure he's doing fine. It's just he was never one to get a prominent spot in the WWE. Um, and as much as he was over in NXT, it just seems that eh, the powers that be in NXT are over it at this point. Uh, Cruz shows off his power and agility. He hits a beautiful stalling suplex and gets a our first two count. They fight to the outside, and Breeze launches Cruz rib first, ribs first into the LED side of the ring. And now it's time for Breeze to get in some offense. I will say Breeze shows that vicious mean streak quite nicely. Breeze locks in a sharpshooter, but Cruz powers himself to the ropes. Apollo charges back with a jumping clothesline, and they fight on. Back and forth until Apollo connects with a loud Insiguri. Uh, Breeze gets knocked fucking stupid. Um, however, out of desperation, Breeze hits a supermodel kick, but can't capitalize. Breeze goes up to the top rope and launches himself right into a power bomb. Oh, I'm sorry, a power slam. Uh, Apollo falls up with a grill press slam, and he begins the standing moonsault, but Tyler holds on to his ankle so he can't jump. So Cruz kicks his hand down, Attempts the standing moonsault anyway, and Tyler Breeze gets his knees up and then cradles Apollo for another near fall. Now, that was actually pretty smart by Breeze and pretty dumb by Apollo. So, you know, Breeze prevents the initial attempt by grabbing his ankle, and then Cruz does it anyway. Breeze knows it's coming, so he just gets his knees up. That would have been a nice way for, uh, for Tyler to pick up a win, but uh, sadly... <laughs> Breeze tries to charge Apollo in the corner with running forearms. Cruz lays him out with a big boot. Cruz then hits the lifting, twisting, running powerbomb and picks up the win.
I'll admit that was fun. It was a nice little back and forth, even though there was little doubt that Apollo was going to win. We go to our classic takeover shot in the crowd, and we see Hideo Itami and Funaki watching on. Uh, why isn't Hideo Itami wrestling on this card tonight? Um, because he's injured. Already. Story of Kenta's career in NXT, unfortunately. We get yet another replay of Balor getting his knee hurt, Goldfish. Match number five, it is time for the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Corbin and Rhino versus Balor and Joe. Our ring announcer is... (laughs) Eden Styles, who is acknowledged as the wife of Cody Rhodes. Uh, Brandy does her job extremely poorly. Uh, and hopefully that's the last time I have to hear her. Balor and his leg that got kicked out of his leg actually start the match. Uh, Balor kind of sells, but also looks like he's fine. I'm just saying. Um, so much so that Balor hits a pitcher perfect dropkick and barely sells his knee. <sighs> I mean, there's other stories you could have told. That's all I'm saying. Balor tags out to Joe, and Joe makes Corbin his bitch. However, after Rhino tags in, things start to even out. They double-team Joe, but he makes it to Finn and tags out. Balor starts off firing, but then Rhino clips his knee on the apron, and all of a sudden, Balor remembers he has a bum knee. Corbin and Rhino get a ton of heat on Balor's knee. Classic shit, you know. However, Balor easily escapes this heat with a sling blade and tags out to Joe. Joe takes out Corbin and Rhino at first, but then turns... Joe takes out Corbin, but then turns around and gets gored by Rhino. Rhino pins... Rhino covers Joe, but it's Balor who makes the save. Balor and Corbin then fight to the outside, leaving Joe in the ring with Rhino. Joe hits the muscle buster, and Finn climbs to the apron and blind tags himself in. Finn hits the coup de grace and pins Rhino to win the inaugural Dusty Tag Team Classic. Finn's music plays throughout Full Sail. Finn gets the glory. Finn, Finn... Finn, 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 Finn. I'm sure Samoa Joe will be just fine with that. Dustin, Cody, and their respective wives present the winners with the trophy, along with Michelle, Dusty's late wife. Cody, of course, because it's fucking Cody, uh, cuts the promo talking about the legacy of Dusty Rhodes. Cody hits a very tired and cliched line that tonight... Where all roads is, 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 is. Dusty's music plays with Finn and Joe hoisting up the trophy. I'll admit it is a nice moment. Um, but a blind man can see Joe turning on Finn and very, very soon. Doesn't happen tonight. They, they kept the sanctity of, of honoring Dusty's memory. But if I remember correctly, that lasts about a week, maybe two at the most. 
In the front row, we see Lita, Charlotte, Becky, and Stephanie McMahon. Funny, people were fighting on that side of the ring, and I, I didn't see them earlier. Hmm. We get a very well-done video package for Sasha and Bailey. Sasha plays the arrogant heel beautifully. Uh, and the crowd absolutely adores Bailey. It's so much better when the roles are defined clearly and the fans naturally fall in line with the narrative or fall in love with the narrative, as it were here. Uh, the video montage concludes with Bailey and Sasha training in preparation for tonight's Iron Man match. Sasha comes out and actually gets a lot more cheers than booze. It is important to note that at this point, Sasha's already on the main roster. <laughs> she debuted right before SummerSlam, so I know she's doing both, but no one anticipates that she's going to win the NXT Women's title. Bailey comes out with a Wonder Woman cape, and of course, Bailey Buddies! I don't miss those. She gives Izzy a big hug as Sasha tries so hard not to smile. Greg Hamilton, an actual ring announcer with actual talent, gives us our formal introductions. The 30-minute timer begins as Rich Brennan tells us that this is only the 10th Iron Man match in WWE history. Both women stare at each other as the crowd chants, You deserve it, and women's wrestling... They lock up and we get some quick pinfall attempts in the early moments with neither girl getting into any advantage over the other. Bailey hits two Mexican arm drags and on the second one, Sasha lands right on her neck. Yikes. Thankfully, Sasha's okay, but it wouldn't be a Sasha match without her almost killing herself, right? They go back to chain wrestle. Both women attempt their finisher, but both both block it, and we get another stalemate. Bailey helps Sasha up, and Sasha accepts the hand. She then hugs Bailey, and then drops her to the mat by her ponytail. Classic. Bailey tries to turn up the offense, and Sasha rolls to the outside. Bailey follows her outside and takes it to her. Sasha tries to escape back in the ring. But Bailey drops her with a bulldog. Sasha tries a schoolgirl and immediately tries to use the ropes as leverage, but she gets caught. Sasha then argues with the ref and then purposely blocks the ref's view so she can poke Bailey in the eye. Sasha rolls up Bailey and gets the first fall with about 21 minutes left. That was really nice. That was a very good way to get cheap heat on Sasha early on. Thumb to the eye, a simple roll-up, boom, the heel goes up one nothing. I like it. They battle back and forth, but Bailey hits a Bailey to belly out of nowhere, and this gets our next fall. We are now tied at one. Sasha rolls to the outside to create some distance. Bailey goes after her and tries a baseball slide dropkick, but Sasha catches her and swings her body into the steel steps. Right in front of Izzy, I might add. 
Sasha throws Bailey back into the ring and covers, but this only gets a two count. So Sasha tosses Bailey back outside and again back into the steel stairs twice. Sasha then threatens a fucking 10-year-old and tosses Bailey back into the ring again for another cover and another two count. Sasha, for the third time, tosses Bailey outside, but this time drags her up the entranceway and throws her into the LED board. Bailey is dead. Sasha walks back to the ring, and as Bailey lies in a heap on the ramp, uh, Sasha proves she is, she is who she says she is, and she snatches Izzy's headband off her head and puts it on to parade around the ring. At this point, Bailey gets counted out because she's still dead on the stage. Izzy is crying her eyes out. Sasha looks like the number one heel in the company. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's some goddamn heat. And I, you know what? I'm going to be of the mind that Izzy was in on it. Doesn't matter to me. Um, I thought they everybody did a great job with that because the crowd just ate it up. They reacted to Sasha exactly as they wanted her to. And she just healed it up. She's so good at doing that when she wants to or when, when her character, you know, calls for that. Bailey then struggles to get back in the ring, like legit crawls down the entranceway. And we have less than 15 minutes left. Bailey crawls back in the ring. Sasha covers, but Bailey just is able to kick out. Sasha continues to talk trash and brutalizes Bailey. Sasha locks Bailey in a Boston crab, but Bailey makes it to the ropes. Sasha drags Bailey back to the center of the ring, but Bailey turns Sasha into a victory roll and gets the pin. We are tied at two, and Sasha's furious that she let one slip. Bailey storms back and starts laying into Sasha. Bailey drops an elbow on Sasha, but that only gets a two count. Sasha then locks Bailey in a tree of woe and hits double knees to Bailey's midsection for a two count. They fight to the outside, and Bailey decides turnabout is indeed fair play as she takes Sasha's hand and slams it off the ring steps three times. Bailey then launches herself off the ring steps with a jumping clothesline. She tries to get Sasha back in the ring, but Sasha kicks her, and Bailey falls back of her head first into the steel steps. Jesus Christ, what these girls are putting each other through tonight. Sasha then attempts a tope, but Bailey catches her mid-move and hits a Bailey to belly on the floor. Holy shit, that looked great. Bailey throws Sasha back in the ring and covers, but Sasha just barely kicks out. Bailey hits a beautiful beta belly off the second rope. She applies the pinfall, jackknife cover, and the ref counts three, but immediately waves it off. Because as Bailey's pinning Sasha, she pushed her foot too close and it went to the rope. And Sasha's foot was on the rope before the ref counted three. That was nice. 
That was nicely done. Bailey puts Sasha back on the top turnbuckle. And we get a repeat of what happened in Brooklyn. She hits another avalanche poison Rana. But this time Sasha rolls through, pops up, and hits Bailey with her own finisher. Sasha covers Bailey off of the Bailey to belly, but Bailey kicks out. Also, that was awesome. With less than two minutes left, Sasha locks Bailey in the bank statement. We are tied at two. There were two minutes left. Bailey is in the middle of the ring. Bailey tries to reverse out of it, but Banks reapplies the move. Bailey then bends Sasha's fingers back. Think Pete Dunn. And Sasha's forced to release her grip. Sasha hits the backstabber and tries the bank statement again. But Bailey reverses into what AEW's pack calls the brutalizer. Or it's similar to a Rings of Saturn move. Um, while Sasha is locked in this move and the clock ticks down, Bailey starts sadistically kicking Sasha in the skull. After about six straight kicks to the head, Sasha screams, I quit with two seconds left. The two seconds then expire and the final bell rings. And Bailey has won the first ever NXT Iron Man match and retains her NXT Women's Championship. What a fucking match. If Bailey and Sasha set women's wrestling into another stratosphere in Brooklyn, this was the all important and extremely well done chapter two, in my opinion. I love the finish with Bailey kicking Sasha in the head repeatedly to get her to give up. Um, and I just thought both women like put in a really nice top to bottom 30 minute entertaining Iron Man match, which is not easy to do. A lot of times it's been said these things get boring because everybody knows nothing's really going to happen until the final five minutes. But this was done in a way that I was entertained the whole time. Really well done. Whoever laid it out, you know, hats off to them. And obviously to both girls. Um, they, they put on a performance tonight. They earned it. They earned that main event spot. Um, after the match, and a nice little surprise, the entire NXT roster is on the stage, including Triple H and William Regal. Uh, Sasha goes up to the stage and is crying her eyes out. Um, she's presented with a bouquet of flowers. This is 100% her curtain call. She is main roster after this until years later when her and Bailey visit with the tag titles. Um, the crowd chants, thank you, Sasha, which I thought was a nice moment. Then Triple H goes in the ring and presents Bailey with her bouquet and gives her an emotional hug. Uh, great moment. Great moment all around. Um, so I can't stress this enough. Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda main eventing WrestleMania 35 does not happen without this moment laying the groundwork for it. I get it. I know Ronda Rousey is a big worldwide star, but I don't know if Vince even considers 
putting the women in his main event at WrestleMania without the reaction that this match and the previous one got between Bailey and Sasha. Um, Now, as far as the rest of the card, well, to be honest, we're still in that period where they're trying to kind of figure it out at TakeOver. Um, It was a little meh. We know pretty much the whole night that Finn and Joe are winning. Um, you know, nothing says WWE like two singles guys winning the, t- uh, the tag team tournament. And in retrospect, the story of Finn's knee was a little bit too obvious for me. I mean, I love storytelling, but not when they beat us over the head with it. It's too much at that point. You know what I mean? Um... Tyler Breeze versus Apollo Crews was was surprisingly competitive, but not enough for a takeover. It still felt like a TV match. Um, to me, this was truly the definition of a one-match show, and that's fine. When that one match is fucking awesome, that absolutely can carry a show. Uh, fuck, you know, in, in real time, in real life, I just watched... Backlash 2021, WrestleMania Backlash, excuse me, and that Roman versus Cesaro match was great. Not really caring much for the rest of the card. <laughs> I mean, some of the, the couple of the triple threats were okay, but yeah, sometimes you can, have, especially in NXT, I think you can have a one match show that you know, uh, it still makes that takeover watchable, but it, again, it's, the rest of the card was nothing special. Um, I had a lot of fun doing this, as always. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at WrestleMania Sal. And stay tuned for more solo episodes from me as we revisit Salviva Series. And maybe, just maybe, a new series coming soon. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling 
And you can also follow our host, Adam, on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.